Welcome to the Body and Beyond podcast with Alice and Gina. A podcast sparking discussion on all things health, mindset, fitness, goals, and motivation. We strive to help you to boost your confidence, to take the lead in your own life, to back yourself, and to step into your full potential. Welcome back to the Body and Beyond podcast with myself and Gina. And today we are going to be recording part two of our topic, habits. So in episode 11, we went through part one of habits. Mm -hmm. And Gina, what did we chat about in that episode? Yeah, so in part one, we spoke about the fact that you have the power to adapt, choose or evolve your habits. Also, the fact that you're not defined by your current way of being, your current habits, and also how important identity is. Yeah. So today we're going to just expand a little further on that, basically. So we're going to be talking about the importance and the importance of meaning of the meaning behind your habits Mm -hmm. um, and the four stages of habit, how to implement a new habit, how to adjust and break down habits that you want to move away from, and also how to maintain habits uh, when life gets busy. So we're definitely going to go into a little more detail today around the topic of habits. Yes. Um, so before we get started today, I really wanted to elaborate on the importance of meaning. So the importance of having a really powerful why um, and why it is that you're choosing to make a new habit or to break an old habit. Um, so when, you, when you're thinking about me, the meaning behind your goals, it's so important to dig super deep and reflect on why you want to implement this habit or make the change. So I don't know, what's a simple example? So, you know, going to the gym, if someone's high level basic um, meaning is just going to the gym, there's no, no nothing deeper behind that. And it's going to be easy to not execute on going to the gym. Whereas if you were to dig deep and go, okay, why do, why do I want to go to the gym? What's important to me about that? Oh, okay. You know, I want to build more confidence. I want to be, I want to love my body more and be more confident. And then if you dig even deeper, why do you want to do that? Well, actually, you know, you might be single and you're wanting to find someone and, and find the love of your life essentially. And, and, you know, create a future together and have babies, et cetera, et cetera. That's a simple example, but that would be a much deeper, significant reason as to why you would execute on building certain habits. And in in that example, the habit is going to the gym. So if you have that strong, powerful why, at, you know, 5.30 in the morning when you're getting up to go to the gym, that's going to drive you to get out of bed compared to just going to the gym, being very surface level. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to make because when you think about so much of the decisions you make in life, um, a lot of it can be triggered by environmental factors and it might just be something silly like you're trying to attempt to do something because someone else has done it, one of your friends Mm. is doing it and it's working for them. Um, But the thing that you also have to remember when we're coming back to your, your true meaning, like what you just said, Gina, is you know, if you're giving yourself these tasks to achieve that don't really have that deeper meaning to yourself, but then you're failing at them, but then you're also kind of reiterating to yourself that you're not good enough or you can't achieve them, mm. you're also setting up yourself to fail in a way mm. um, because you're picking things or you're trying to achieve things that don't necessarily actually have that deeper meaning for mm. you. So mm. it is something to really think about when you're wanting to 
achieve new goals or set new habits, right? Make sure yeah. that it's something that really is important to you personally. It's a really good point. So mm-hmm. don't set habits that you don't care about. Don't try and start habits that you don't actually care about. Make sure yeah. it is something that's that's meaningful to you. Um, it's also important to note that emotions create habits. So if you want to implement a habit, really try and accelerate the meaning and significance of that for you. Yeah, one of the lines that I heard most recently in one of the habits books that I was reading, I think it was Tiny Habits Mm -hmm. um, from BJ Fogg, was that people don't change from feeling bad about themselves. People change and create these habits from feeling good. So Mm -hmm. that feeling of... um, you know, that bit of dopamine hit that you get from feeling good from achieving something is what makes you want to keep going and Mm. and keep achieving the same goal. So yeah, yeah, that definitely comes into it. Um, So we're going to talk about firstly, uh, one of the four, well, one of the most recognized, um, I guess, techniques used in Atomic Habits from James Clear. Mm -hmm. Um, So the four stages of all habits being good or bad. And that is cue craving response and reward so do you want to chat through those specifically a little more yeah absolutely so when it comes to the cue being the first component that refers to the trigger that initiates our brain to move towards a certain behavior so for example the cue could be um, a visual cue it could be something you hear it could be a feeling like a kinesthetic feeling that you have it could be a taste or a smell So one example we've got here could be your stomach rumbling being a trigger to go and seek food, or it might be that, that gross feeling in your mouth the first thing in the morning to trigger you to go and clean your teeth. So basically there's some sort of trigger or cue that can um, initiate you moving towards a habit, be it good or bad, or just something that you do. Mm. And the second one is craving. So That refers to the motivational force or desire behind the habit. So what you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in state that it delivers. So, for example, when you're not motivated to brush your teeth, you're not motivated in the morning to get up and brush your teeth for the sake of just, you know, brushing your teeth. I really, really want to brush my teeth. Yeah, like that's (laughs) not really that enjoyable. But what you're motivated by is that feeling of clean mouth afterwards. Mm. Um, So it's like the same as you're not motivated to that five minutes of cleaning your workstation or your desk. Like that's not the motivating part. You're motivated by the feeling that you get after when you sit down and you can complete the rest of your work, knowing that you've got a nice fresh workspace to work on. Yeah. That you've set up the environment in a way that's going to help you perform really well for the rest of the day. Yeah. So that's what we mean by craving. And the third one. The next one is response. So this refers to the actual habit performed, whether a response occurs, uh, will depend on the level of craving or motivation and how much friction or how much of a barrier there is in completing the behavior. So a habit or response will only occur if you're actually capable of doing it. So essentially this is what is your response in response to the craving that you had? Yeah. And so when you are setting habits, that is one, um, you know, huge thing to take into account when setting Mm. tiny habits basically is that friction and barrier. Like you need to, it needs to be something that's actually also doable for you, Mm, mm. for you to be able to respond. So, you know, (laughs) you wouldn't want to set, I mean, it's pretty basic, right? It sounds basic, but you wouldn't want to set yourself a goal um, to do something that's not realistic for you to do. Mm. I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head, but. 
um, get up and run a marathon first thing in the morning yeah, like when there's, you've done no groundwork or preparation yeah for or if you have to start working an hour like you're not going to get through a marathon in 60 minutes you know what I mean yeah. so like that's just basic example of uh, of that mm-hmm. um, and the last one is reward the response delivers a reward and rewards are the end goal of the habit mm-hmm. so um, it's the reward is a little bit different to the craving itself because the craving is like you craving that feeling of, um, you know, having a tidy desk to work from. Mm-hmm. Um, the, raw, the reward is actually that signal that mm. is sent to your brain that gives you that, would you say, a hit of dopamine? dopamine? Yeah. yeah, so it's um, almost, it can be put as a celebration or it's you acknowledging within yourself that um, satisfaction, that reward you give yourself potentially. Yeah. So that moves us into that next part um, after award, and that is chatting about how emotion creates habits. And BJ Fogg from the author of Tiny Habits is a really big um, advocate for this, and that is celebra- celebration. So basically um, that, that moment of celebrating after you've achieved a habit. So the single most important skill in behaviour change is feeling successful, mm-hmm. um, which is a quote from BJ Fogg from his book. So... And feeling successful helps us to wire in new habits and it helps us to continue being motivated to do more. Yeah. Um, It actually used to be taught like in the past that frequency or repetition was the key to habit formation, but this is now recognised as an older way of thinking. Um, What is critical or crucial is that the individual has a strong positive emotion connected to the behaviour. So a new habit can essentially be wired in immediately and instantly um, if there's a strong enough why, as I mentioned earlier, and a positive emotional association. So in summary, for those four points, the cue is about noticing the reward, the craving is about wanting the reward, and the response is about obtaining the reward. So we chase rewards because they serve us two purposes, um, and that is to satisfy us or to teach us. So up next, we're looking at creating a new habit. So when we refer to this habit loop and creating new habits, there are a few things that become apparent to ensure the habits are achievable. Both James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, and BJ Fogg, the author of Tiny Habits, both explain the importance of starting with tiny habits and then building upward from there. So when we say start small, I feel like a lot of people definitely underestimate this step. Um, because, for example, I can think of a common one even um, just with me and my clients, and that is I want to drink more water in a day. Mm. So I'm going to drink three litres of water in a day. That's my goal. And people often skip to this thinking, oh, that should be easy. I should be able to just do that. Like it's not a hard thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when we are saying tiny and scaling your habits back, we actually mean really tiny. Don't really we? simple. Yeah. So an example could be if your goal is to drink three liters of water a day, maybe if you're not drinking hardly anything anyway, starting with aiming to get one liter of water per day. And that might mean waking up first thing in the morning and having one glass of water. So it's starting small and having those little triggers throughout the day to drink one single glass of water rather than expecting yourself to drink three liters across the day without a plan to get there. We need to have those tiny steps. Yeah. So it could be honestly something as small as you know getting that um kind of goal moving for the day it might be every morning when I have my coffee I'm going to drink a glass of water like before having the coffee yeah Yeah. before you have your coffee yeah um so starting really small Mm -hmm. 
Um, what's another example? Well, BJ Fogg had a really good example. So mm -hmm. he wanted to um, integrate the habit of flossing his teeth. So he basically told himself after brushing his teeth, he would floss one singular tooth mm -hmm. and that would be his start small. Yeah, because basically all he was teaching himself to do is that automatic habit of toothbrush down, pick up the floss and start. start. And that was literally the, the, the most single thing that he worked on at the start, literally flossing one tooth. And then he goes on to explain about obviously, you know, after that feeling of, yes, I've done it, like I did it. Mm. He grew that to then, okay, I'm, I'm already doing this. I may as well do another tooth or I may as well do another. And then before you yeah. know it, that's turned into flossing after every time brushing your teeth. So. And what's important about this is it's easy to shrug it off and go, oh, flossing one tooth, what's the point in doing that, right? But mm -hmm. really it's so basic, but you're trying to teach yourself to just start. Yeah. It's, it's triggering the beginning of yeah. a habit. And then, like Alice just said, once you're there in the moment, you may as well just floss all of your top teeth. You're, yeah. You know, you may not have done the bottom, but you start doing all of the top and then so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, the next um, important or, or an important idea when it comes to creating a new habit is actually on purpose creating cues to trigger yourself to perform the new habit. Yeah. So the next thing that also to think, sorry. <laughs> so for example, um, placing your water counter next to the coffee machine in the morning so that when you go, when you wake up to make your coffee, your water glass is already sitting next to the coffee machine that will prompt you to drink that glass of water. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So having that water, that glass of that glass out ready to go yeah. as a trigger, it's a visual, like I mentioned before, there's visual or kinesthetic or yeah. a, a, maybe an auditory cue. So that's a visual cue to trigger you to have that water. Yeah. Another cue for a lot of people I know who are wanting to get up in the morning to go to the gym, like mm. um, it might not be getting out of bed. That's the hard thing, but it's actually getting out of bed and getting changed to go to the gym. Mm. So they will lay out their clothing in the morning next to the bed. So, you know, in the morning when you wake up and you're not quite awake, you don't have to think about, you don't have to go through that process of going mm. through the wardrobe, figuring out what you're going to wear. Yeah. Um, it's laid out. It's ready to go. You don't have to think. You can just go straight into it. And once you've got your gym clothes on, you're like, okay, may as well go. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to make it as simple as possible for yourself. Yeah. Um. Another thing that people often do is having their alarm you know, at the other end of the room. So they mm. have to physically get out of bed to go and turn off the alarm as well. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great cue for just getting up without snoozing, right? Because mm. once you're up to do that, you're already up. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. So like I mentioned before, the cue can be, um, it might be a location. It might be in a certain environment that's the cue. Um, it may be a certain time of day. It may be a certain behaviour or a trigger or a smell. So there's so many different types of cues. So it's really important to reflect for yourself on what is the cue that you're going to associate with your new habit that you wish to wish to um, add into your life. So that's something that's going to be more a personal um, thing that you need to reflect on and identify that cue for yourself. Yeah. So when we're also thinking about creating cues um, or creating new habits, sorry, another thing that we really have to think about is identity-based habits. Mm -hmm. So do you want to chat through a little bit about uh, what, what is identity-based habits? What do we mean by that? Yeah. So often people um, will have outcome-based habits. So an outcome might be lose weight. 
put simply, right? So that's mm -hmm. the outcome. You're purely trying to integrate a habit to achieve that outcome. Um, the next layer may be process. So a process um, based habit. So the process might be changing a system or changing, um, changing, you know, trying to stop having a cluttered desk. And the, the system is having order and having your book stacked in a certain way or laying out the certain way of um, organizing your desk. But the third and most important deepest layer is actually changing your identity. And I've mentioned this in, in previous podcasts as well, but your identity essentially is who you are or who you wish to become. And so this can be way more powerful than simply having a, uh, an outcome or a process-based goal. You're actually reflecting on who is it that I am or who do I want to become and would they? what, what would they do, this new version of me or this, this person I want to become, and making it identity identity-based habit so let I was just thinking of an example for that mm. so maybe let's say uh going to the gym is what the habit is so if you were to look at um identity-based habits for going to the gym an outcome-based habit would be I want to go to the gym like because everyone else is going to the gym I'm going to go to the gym that's yeah. my goal that's just the outcome that's it yeah the process um might be I want to work going into the gym into part of my morning routine or something mm. um for the sake of improving your morning routine I yes guess. so so you you get up you do your at home parts of the day and mm. then you go to the gym then come back and get ready to go to work so you're saying yeah. the process of slotting it into that morning process yeah you want it to become a part of that process of your day mm. but then Going to the gym, um, referring to an identity-based goal is a little bit different, right? Mm. So, so it's more so you are the the kind you are now the kind of person that goes to the gym that is healthy, that is fit, mm. that is um, potentially confident and attractive, or whatever those meanings are for you. That's going to be completely ident uh, individual for you. But that 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 knowing inside of you that I'm the kind of person that executes, that doesn't sleep in. I'm the kind of person that. Um, follows through on my commitments to myself. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, and there's a big difference between setting a goal that's like, uh, I want to go to, the, I just want to go to the gym. Like I should start going to the gym. I want to go to the gym versus I want to become a person who is fit, who is healthier. I want to be that person who embodies that lifestyle mm -hmm. where they get up and they train and they get their exercise every day. Um, so there's like two big contrasts between those two, right? When mm. it comes to mindset, mm. when you think about goal setting. Exactly. So. And so what I encourage you guys to do is reflect on what it is that your what that what is the habit that you want to integrate into your life, and really reflect on if 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 it is an identity, sorry, if it is an outcome or a process based goal. Be honest with yourself and think, okay, so how can I dig a bit deeper with this and make this more identity based? Mm. So it's not just about you know, a certain outcome, how can you make it about who you are, or who you're becoming and how important that is to you? Yeah. 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 Cool. Next up, we are looking at adjusting or breaking away from current habits. So we don't want to call them bad habits necessarily, although a lot of people may think of it as, oh, I don't, I want, don't want to do that bad habit anymore. Mm -hmm. um, however, we're looking at moving away from current habits that no longer serve you. Yeah. So one of the first things that you could do in this instant is to pair a current habit with another good habit that you mm. want to implement. So let's use what example could we use here? Someone who eats a block of chocolate every night for dessert, right? That's a current habit that you have. Mm -hmm. um, every night after dinner, you grab a block of chocolate um, and that's just part of your current routine and you kind of want to steer away from that. You don't want that to be a part of your habit anymore. So um, in this case, you would be adding in a good, another good 
habit Mm -hmm. with this habit that's already embedded. So it might be um, having your block of chocolate every night with a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a cup of tea or a a sugar-free hot chocolate or a water. Yeah. And then as you move through the process, you may then start to have half a block of chocolate chocolate with Mm -hmm. your cup of tea or your water and then a quarter and then a piece, you know. So basically you've you've started to substitute or pair the previous habit with a good new habit until eventually maybe at night you just have the cup of tea, you know. You don't need the block of chocolate anymore because you've, you've weaned yourself off it. Another really good one that I can think of um, pairing bad habits with good, like we said, doesn't necessarily need to be bad, but let's see, uh, say, social media scrolling, for Mm. example, or um, being distracted by social media. Mm. Um, Maybe it's something that gives you a lot of anxiety throughout your day and you're thinking, I need to cut back down on my social media time. So another really good habit to pair with that would be um, every time I grab my phone to go on social media, Um, I do a a set of deep breathing, like Mm. um, breath work. So grab my phone. I'm going to take like three deep breaths. Like Mm. if you're someone who, you know, wants to, or someone who struggles with anxiety or that sort of thing. Mm. So that just might be a habit that you then start to implement in with that habit um, to slow down your breathing and just to have that like five seconds of mindfulness yeah and almost gives you more clarity and and perhaps in that moment you go oh actually I'm not gonna I, grab my phone oh yeah I, or maybe like I don't want to do this like yeah. you just you've given yourself that time and space to just go hang on a sec I'm I'm performing a, a habit yeah and now I have a choice because you've just taken those three deep breaths that's such a good good example yeah yeah, yeah. Um, also another one could be reducing so for example um, reducing again let's talk about social media or screen time because it is so apparent for our generation as well Um, but if you usually of an evening before bed scroll for an hour or two um, perhaps you could jump onto your phone go to the timer app and maybe set a timer for 30 minutes then continue to go back to your social media accounts and and do what you're doing. But what's going to happen is you're going to be interrupted at the 30 minute mark, that alarm's going to go off and that's going to trigger you to to back off, to reduce, right? So you're not cutting out social media altogether. That's probably a bit impractical for a lot of people. But what you're doing is you're giving yourself that timer and you're, yeah, you're giving yourself permission to do it, but you're going to interrupt yourself and then maybe then start your nighttime going to bed routine. Yeah. And you can work on that too. You can start to reduce that lower and lower if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, Another example could be uh, alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're in the habit of drinking multiple glasses of wine with dinner at night um, and maybe it's something that you don't want to do anymore you want to move away from having so much alcohol during the week Um, it would be quite impractical just to say I'm going to go cut all alcohol out from Monday to Friday a lot of people find that really hard so you know a simple way would be reducing it so I'm going to start with having one glass instead of two then half a glass the next week, Um, then that might reduce to every second night you'll have one glass. Basically keep reducing that down to whatever your goal is. Maybe it's just have alcohol on the weekend. and Yeah. And also think about, um, you know, what you value as well. So for some people, it might be a really good idea to purchase smaller bottles of wine rather than the big bottles because that way there's no waste, right? You open a small bottle of wine, you you know, I'm talking one of the The single single serves, serves, share it with your partner. And then it's gone. It's empty. You're done. You know, there's there's not another three quarters of a bottle of wine there going off necessarily. Yeah. Um, 
But also substitution can be another one. So substituting a habit for something else. Yeah. Um, a really common one that a lot of people will do if they get stuck into a habit of consuming lots of Cokes or soft drinks during the day at work, they'll substitute from a full sugar, normal Coke to a diet Coke. Mm. And then eventually they'll substitute that for a water. Um, sometimes it's not always best to go straight from a sugar diet, uh, sorry, a sugary Coke to a water. That might be too much of a drastic change for some yeah. people. And so it's substitution. And another common one is like snacks in the cupboard, like crisps mm. or something like, um, you know, getting a box of crisps out of your cupboard to snack on, you could just slowly implement something that's probably a little more healthier than what the current ones that you have. Um, so you're not saying I'm going to quit having something after dinner while I'm watching TV. You don't need to quit it, but you could just substitute it for something that's a little more healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and like with reducing as well, you can kind of slowly um, adapt as you go. So it might go from, you know, snacking on a lot of, you know, crisps or I think you call it chips here in Australia, actually. Yeah. Sorry, I, I've still got a bit of like the UK yeah. <laughs> um, chips. But, yeah, you, you might end up, you know, six or 10 or 12 or a couple months down the track, you, you may have reduced that down to, you know, having a piece of fruit or something while you're watching TV. Like, mm. so you can really kind of slowly merge that. And a couple of other examples could be um, being entertained by an audiobook or reading rather than social media. So substituting that social media scrolling. So still something that you're interested in, but you're kind of moving your way yourself away from that. You're substituting mm. or um, on purpose, just taking the stairs up a floor rather than jumping in the elevator. So that's yeah. another substitution. Yeah. Great. Cool. Next one is uh, in regards to breaking away from a current habit or an undesirable habit is identity. So reflecting on the the habit you're trying to break and noticing that that is not me anymore. That is not who I am and really tying it to your, your identity of the new version of you. So like, yeah, that's a pretty internal one. That's a a very personalized one, but if, if that's a habit, if it's, the current habit you're doing that you that just does not serve you and you it's something you do not want to take into your future then yeah having that conversation with yourself and knowing that that's not who you are now yeah and I think another one that we will also touch on is removing yourself from the old environment because mm-hmm. it's important to note like this isn't always possible for every habit but a lot of the time it can be possible and it can really work for some people um, to remove yourself or remove whatever the cue is from your environment altogether Mm. Um, so a simple example for that might be phone scrolling during work getting distracted remove your phone put it in a different room um, so you don't have that Mm. um, in your environment at all Mm -hmm. or it's something on a like larger scale could be something to do with you know your social group and your social settings Mm. and actually you know moving away from that yeah that's a really good one yeah to say like let's just as as an example say a certain group of friends every Sunday at lunchtime they go and get um, a greasy lunch and they drink and I'm talking like drink for hours right so that environment whenever you go into that environment that's you're going to want to be involved and and be and mingle with you know Mm. and be in that environment and that's going to then lead to potentially having that food and drinking those drinks 
So if that's something you don't want to do anymore, then essentially not attending that kind of, um, not attending that that environment would be a way to remove yourself from it. Yeah. Or, you know, eating before you go, being there for the start and still seeing your friends, but then leaving before the drinking begins. Yeah. So there's a lots of kind of different lots. ways you can do that, but it's definitely one that can help. Uh, can help. Um, for me personally as well, when it comes to food, like removal is the easiest thing for me. Yeah. Like it's like if you're trying to get away from the habit of constantly snacking all the time yeah. on bad or like sweets in the cupboard because I have a sweet tooth. Like I just, I don't buy sweets. They're yeah. not in the cupboard. So yeah. if I do want a snack, I've got fresh fruit or something in there, I just grab that instead, you know. Totally, But totally. If, if I had that stuff available, what like looking at me, I'd probably yeah. make the decision to go for that instead. Oh, so just so easy. So much easier for me personally just to remove that out of the equation. Yeah, um, yeah, I can totally relate. Like recently I was given a box of chocolates. They're just sitting in the fridge, but every so often they're just there. Just yeah, grab one, yeah. you know, but if it wasn't there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you wouldn't think wouldn't about be it. interested. Like I just, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, so super, that's a really good one. Um, also, like we mentioned before, it's important to have steps and stages. Don't expect yourself to go from one extreme to the other. Or, you know, a, a common example is people having beers or, or we have mentioned wine already, but having alcohol and just going straight to water. Perhaps it is better for you to transition to something you really enjoy, like a sweet orange juice, and then and then shift to a sparkling mineral water and then shift to a water. So allowing yourself to have those stages. Yeah. Um, because sometimes change is hard. Like yeah. stopping a habit is hard. We might make it sound easier in the way we're communicating, but sometimes it is freaking hard. So you want to make it as, as easy as possible for yourself to go through those stages. Yeah. Cool. Let's move on to mindset. So to finish up, we really wanted to, to make the point that ultimately we all have bad days and we have days where things won't go to plan. And it's important to realize that these days are going to arise into the future. Mm. It's okay though. What's most important is that you are flexible and you're able to bounce back and get on with it as soon as possible. Try not to let one bad day turn into two bad days, turn into a bad week and so on and so forth and kind of yeah. snowball. Um, it's, you know, we want to, know that just because you have one day where you don't execute on your, your new habit or your new way of being, you can always have that day and then get back into it the following day. Yeah. There's one quote that I really love that I always refer to with some of my clients as a reminder. And that is, um, it's not the amount of times that you fall down. I'm sure we've all heard that quote, but it's the amount of times that you get back up, which yeah. is so true, honestly, because people get um, bogged down in that fall down or the failures mm. thinking that it shouldn't happen in the first place. But a lot of the time, you know, success does come from being able to get back on and move mm. on from it after. Mm. Um, so if you do have those days, I think having that mindset to just move forward and keep going, keep getting back on, mm. keep trying again. Um, and that's really important. Don't expect it to be easy, I guess. And don't expect yourself to mm. have to falls that 100% commitment like straight away. And I'm glad you brought that up, that up because like it's all part of your journey, your individual journey. And sometimes, well, I can definitely reflect on my own life, but you want to go through the shit times. You want to go through the challenges to then be able to move forward. You, you're basically accumulating tools and resources for the future version of you. So that is that's super important. Yeah. And what's another good example? Like um, what is it like, you know, the the light bulb was the you know eleventh thousandth invention like yeah. it wasn't yeah. it, like he failed ten thousand nine hundred ninety nine times yeah, and then exactly. it was the eleventh thousandth like 
it's it's so important that any great people ever they've always you know they've no one's had it easy no of course they failed and they've just got up and they've tried again they've tried again and they've kept yeah. pushing so um yeah definitely remember that when you're trying to implement new habits and you know similar to what we've just been saying but plan for chaos like life is hectic you know a lot of you listening might have kids or you know busy jobs and so many factors going on so yeah being ready for the chaos and being kind to yourself and having flexibility like mm -hmm. we were just saying like shit's gonna happen um if you slip up or miss a day get back on track quickly that's yeah. so important being kind to yourself like i just mentioned um and also thinking long term so if you miss a day or two every month um then that's only six percent of your year so you have the other 94 percent of the year to um to be on track so don't let that day or two influence cause you to quit yeah and i think um just for our listeners as well i think if you are interested in you know learning more detail around creating new habits i personally have read tiny habits by bj fogg um and and i've also read some of james clear's atomic mm, habits have yeah you read i've listened to it yeah, yeah yeah um and both of those are amazing books and good places to start yes uh, i've definitely learned a lot myself so mm. if you are um you know interested in learning more detail i would highly recommend either yeah. of those two and we'll pop the links to those books in the show notes as well for you guys but yeah, yeah they're fantastic books on that note as well audiobooks that's a great yeah. thing too if you don't get time to read guys yeah audiobooks are so good you so can, good yeah you can pop them on while you're doing you know the washing or while you're driving or and also yeah. while I'm while I'm training, I'll sometimes listen yeah. to audiobooks. Yeah. Um while yeah, that's a really good one. While you're doing just stuff around the house. Yeah. If you're doing like low focus tasks, you don't you've got there's some bandwidth left to be listening to yeah. a book. Obviously, if you're trying to work, you're not going to be listening to an audiobook because no. they both require some level of attention. Yeah. But if you're doing small basic tasks like walking or like um housework, that's the perfect opportunity. Yeah. I love personally listening to an audiobook or a podcast or something when I'm doing my makeup or just those little tasks getting ready in the morning yeah so, yeah awesome so guys to wrap up the podcast today I'd love you to reflect on what is um, a habit that you'd like to start to move away from so first of all bringing awareness to that and that's going to be a personal thing for you and then noticing how are you going to start to move away from that habit are you going to pair it with a, a good habit are you going to reduce it are you going to substitute it um, or are you going to reflect more on your identity and what and the identity that you want to move towards? Great. I think we can wrap it up there for today. Um, if any of our listeners have any questions, reach out and let us know and we can elaborate um, a little further if you want us to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in, guys, and we can't wait to see you on the next one. <laughs> We can't wait to wait. What are we waiting for? Uh, Sorry. So good. Um, and you'll notice I'm up in the lovely Gold Coast with Alice. So I know. It's, it's our been nice. first podcast together for mm. episode 13, I think. This yeah. One. Yeah. Cool. Amazing, guys. All right. Have a beautiful day. Chat to you soon. See you on the next one. The Body and Beyond podcast is for information purposes only. This podcast does not constitute advice or services, and the statements and views of the hosts and guests are not medical advice. The information provided should not be used for treatment or diagnosis purposes. 
Please discuss any information from this podcast with your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle.